Greetings, my friends, and welcome back to Beginnings. We are on a spiritual journey, learning some of the great spiritual disciplines of the Christian faith that are going to help us grow in maturity. Man, what a journey this has been. Thank you so much for being with us. This is actually the eighth of uh, 12 predicted editions. We think we're going to do uh, a total of 12 uh, that are foundational to help us get our feet under us and really grow in the faith. So here on week eight, man, we've accomplished so much. We've talked about salvation. We've talked about baptism, Bible study, prayer, giving, serving, so many other things. Today, we turn our attention to a big theological concept. It's a, it's a heady word, but it should be an integral part of every believer's life. And the word is evangelism. Now, last week, we talked about sharing your life through serving and how uh, using your gifts and serving is a big part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. This week, we talk about sharing your faith through evangelism. Sharing your life, sharing your faith, they're intertwined, but there are some nuances. And we want to talk about the very specific element of sharing your faith. Part of uh, what we run into as new believers is that uh, there are some roadblocks. There are some things that we've either been told or thought or wondered about uh, that tend to get in the way. One of the things that we hear is that, well, I, I I don't share with my mouth about Jesus. You know what I mean? I share with my life. I, I want him to see it. That's good. That That's essential. That's actually an expectation. Uh, but do you know what else is an expectation? It's that we would share the good news, that uh, at some point there are opportunities and uh, responsibilities on our part, and, and we have to share that. There are a couple of bad teachings that have slipped into contemporary Christianity uh, and related to evangelism. They come in two forms. Number one, it's someone else's job. You know, I hired a pastor, or they've got that gift, or, uh, you know, I'm just uh, a shy person, and uh, and we throw up all these roadblocks, and we make actually saying the words and talking about Jesus, uh, somebody else's job. And, and the second one is this, well, I can't do it. You say, I don't have those skills. I don't have that character. I don't have that kind of courage. And to say that is to say that the God in you uh, can't do it. And that's just not true. But when you ask Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit comes to live and reside within you. And and you can do anything he asks you to do. So let's uh, let's combat some of these cultural problems uh, and cultural uh, you know mis mistakes and misnomers related to evangelism with a little bit of Bible study. Bible study cures so much. Here's the first thing I would say: when it comes to evangelism, it is a command. If you're a believer, it's not an option. It's not a thought. It's not a good intention. It's a command. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through twenty, and Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age." seems non-negotiable to me. He's not saying if it feels right, if you have an opportunity, he says go everywhere and and make disciples. That that's our job. Second, I believe scripture teaches it's not just a command, it's a responsibility that he places on you as a believer. It's a responsibility. In Matthew 5, 14 through 16, it says, You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill can't be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. It's a responsibility. You are the light of the world. 
That's Jesus, the light of the world, saying to us, you are the light of the world. Why? Because when Jesus lives in you, then his light is your light. It's a responsibility. So it's a command. It's a responsibility. One more. This one's tough. It's a necessity. It's a command. It's a responsibility. And evangelism or sharing the good news, it's a necessity. In Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, it says, How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Okay, there's two things that passage is saying right there. Number one, wow, you got beautiful feet. That's right. Your feet are gorgeous because of what they bring. But number two, that God designed this world in a way that unless someone tells, they won't know. Unless someone goes, they can't say. So we are a necessity by God's design. He made it a necessity because as God, as his word, God's word directs us, uh, it's a command, a responsibility, and a necessity for us. So here's a couple of things that, uh, that I would suggest for you as a maturing, growing believer. What do you have to do to, uh, to share your faith? and you share your faith through evangelism. How do you do that? Number one, write out your testimony. It's really amazing what happens when you share your story. But now keep it to two minutes. Some people think testimony, great, you need all day. i got to take you back to the beginning. When I was in the womb, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Make it about two minutes, something that you could share over coffee in a non-awkward way that you drop, you, know, you just give this testimony, give God the glory, drop the mic, boom, I'm out. People jaw drops. Whoa, they just did that. That's amazing. Your testimony is unique as well. Let me tell you why your testimony is important. It is called nuh-uh proof. Do you ever have that little kid who went nuh-uh to everything? You tell them something, nuh-uh, nuh-uh. Well, your testimony is nuh-uh proof because I have never heard anyone give their testimony and have it argued. It'd be really weird. Now, here's my personal experience, what I personally invested in in my personal story. Nuh-uh. People argue theology all the time. They argue religion all the time. You can't argue with your story. Your story's got real power. So to make your testimony Jesus-focused and not to wander through all the details of the past, here's what happens a lot of times. People spend time, I want to give God glory, and then they talk about everything the devil did in their life. We don't want to do that. So uh, we want to make sure we focus on Jesus and how amazing he is. So let me suggest you do this. You make a short testimony of your life. You may have a longer version, but you need a short two-minute version. And make it by finishing these three sentences. My life before Christ was... So briefly describe what life was like before Jesus. Second, the reason I accepted Christ was, and then give the circumstance, the situation. Maybe you're going through hardship, or maybe it was camp and it was wonderful, or anywhere in between. And third, finish this in, since I've accepted Christ. Now, don't get outrageous here. Don't, don't paint rose-colored glasses on the listener and say, you got to see it this way. The truth is that accepting Jesus is the greatest thing that's ever happened, but it doesn't mean life is perfect, man. Sometimes it even makes life more difficult. So since I've accepted Christ, what's the real story? So you give your testimony by finishing three sentences. My life before Christ was, the reason I accepted Christ was, and since I've accepted Christ, and then you just say, that's, that's my story. 
And it's really powerful. It's really important, and I really want you to uh, to express that. So go ahead and uh, go ahead and do that. Th- put put those three questions down on paper, or three sentences down on paper, and, and think about the best way to concisely share your story. Finally, there's another way, another thing, a responsibility for the believer is you're going to have to be able to share the gospel truth. Now you don't have to be a Bible scholar. We're not looking for a theological genius. I just want you to be where Scripture says you should be. In First Peter three fifteen, it says, "But in your hearts, honor." Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Now, there are, you're not out on the out in the wind on this. You don't have to sit down with the Bible and say, start in Genesis, let's get through to Revelation. I mean, that's intimidating, right? Uh, there are a lot of great tools out there that can help you concisely share the gospel story. There's four spiritual laws from Campus Crusade, Bridge to Life with Billy Graham, one verse evangelism. Uh, but my favorite, at least right now, is Three Circles Conversation. Three Circles Conversation. Now, in the podcast newsletter that comes out with this, there are a couple of links that'll get you right there. But if you will just circle three circles conversation, uh, you'll be able to, uh, if you'll Google three circles conversation, you'll be, you'll be able to find it. Uh, but in essence, here's what three circles is. Imagine just taking a blank piece of paper or a napkin and you draw three circles on it. They're, they're kind of grouped together, but, but separate. And in the first one, you write, this is God's plan. Now God has a plan for everybody's life. And if I asked you right now, do you really think you're living fully God's plan? Nobody's going to say, well, not fully. You know, I got, I got some issues. It's not perfect. If God's plan for your life is perfect, then we're probably not living God's plan. So you draw a line from that first circle over to the second circle. And you say, we're over here then. And in that circle, it's not God's plan. It's broke. We're broke. We've got some brokenness in our lives. And, and we can identify that because there's hurt, there's pain, there's turmoil, there's fear. All those things God doesn't want us to have. Now, from that second circle, I draw a bunch of squiggly lines out that go nowhere. Just squiggle out, squiggle out, squiggle out. And the reason you do that is because you're saying, you know, we try and get back to God's plan a number of ways. And you can say, you know, maybe it's through success or for acquiring things. Or maybe it's for, uh, you know, if I can just get my mom to love me. Or if I could uh, just get that guy to look at me or, or whatever it is. And, and we try this. But what we find is everything that we try fails. So we draw another line, but this one goes to that third circle and say, this is the only way that really works. And in that third circle, you write the gospel. So you got God's plan, which leads to the second place where we're actually at, which is brokenness. But to get back towards God's plan, you go through the gospel. And then you just get to share, you know, a little bit about what you know about the Jesus story. Don't even worry about quoting exact verses or getting the timeline right. Just uh, just kind of share the gospel story that Jesus is the one that that gets us where we need to. And you can draw that, complete the circle by taking that third circle, the, the gospel, draw a line back to God's plan, say this is how we get back to God's plan for our life. If you want one verse that really connects there, I always go to 1 John 1, 9, which is, and God is faithful and just. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us of all unrighteousness. He, he'll move us out of brokenness and back towards God's plan. So there's a couple of resources for you to start sharing your life. Make sure you're, you've got your testimony in your back pocket. Make sure you have some kind of gospel explanation that you can use. And I would suggest three circles. So here's what's next for you. Write out your testimony. Go ahead and write it out and then practice it on live people. 
That's right, live people, uh, family, friends, etc. Perfect strangers, if you're that kind of person. Uh, you could even use the excuse, hey, my church is having me do this, or in my faith, I'm really wanting to learn how to do this. Can, can I buy coffee? Can I just practice this on you? And a lot of people just help you out just to hear, just to help you out, and then, boom, you're actually sharing your testimony. Next, um, practice the three circles on live folks as well. Go to the website that's uh, connected here and uh, and you can download a guide. You can watch some videos. You can get all kinds of encouragement and go much deeper in understanding how to do this, but practice it on some folks. Same, same game plan. Say, can I share this on you? This this is something that I'm, I'm learning how to do and I need to practice on some people. And finally, I would say this. Start praying for two people. You need to start praying for two people. First, Pray for someone you have a relationship with that you could share the gospel with. Start looking for an open door. Start praying for favor that that there would be an opportunity for you to share the gospel. And then start praying for someone who you are not close enough with yet that you can share the gospel. You may not even know them, but start praying. You, you may say, oh, I know who I need to pray for. I'm not. We're not anywhere near sharing the gospel. I could pray for them. Or you may say, I don't even know who this is, but God brings somebody into my life that I can pray for them. So write out your testimony and practice it. Get a hold of three circles and practice that, and then start praying for those two people. I'm so thankful that you are taking these steps. If every believer found someone else in this next year to to make another believer and start discipling them, you need to know that that would be the largest growth the church has ever seen. The reality is that the latest stats say that less than 4% of believers will ever share their faith. So if we who are just listening to this, if we would be the ones who would just go out and do that, imagine the impact. Imagine what would happen if every believer reached someone to become a believer in Jesus. Well, that was God's plan. Imagine it, because that is what God's plan was when it was commanded. Go and make disciples. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I'm praying for you. Be encouraged. Step out, and don't forget, in the Great Commission, if you're scared, if it's difficult, if it's awkward for you, he said, and I am with you always. When you are making disciples, when you are sharing the faith, that's when he says, I'm there. I'm there. You want to know where I am? I'm out there. You want to be with me? You want me in your life? You, you want to be near me? Then I am out there. Let's go where Jesus is. Let's share the faith. Show those beautiful feet off. God bless you, and we will see you next time on Beginnings.